Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We move into the final hour of trading on this Friday. We've got the Dow, the S&P, and NASDAQ all advancing. And this update is brought to you by Witham, Smith, and Brown Audit Tax and Advisory Services, helping you and your business be in a position of strength. Experience the Witham way by visiting Witham.com. U.S. stocks have halted a three-day slide. As stocks are pairing their gains. Volatility is easing. Treasuries slipping as markets begin to stabilize after a week of verbal sparring between the United States and North Korea. S&P 500 index up two points now to 2440, up by one-tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up 12, a gain also of one-tenth of one percent, while NASDAQ is gaining 32, up by five-tenths of one percent. As for the volatility picture, Michael Purvis is chief global strategist at Whedon and Company. I think one of the mental exercises I like to run is pretend none of this North Korea stuff was in the headlines. Would we have a VIX spike to 15, 16? Probably we would, right? If you started looking, you know, you dig into some of the volatility metrics, you know, realize vol was creeping up. The VIX was extremely low for a long period of time. That premium, and there's a lot of vol sellers out there who are, who are, you know, looking at that steep uh, VIX uh, futures curve and, and looking at it as sort of ripe for selling. That got a lot less ripe over the last two or three or four weeks. The 10 year up 230 seconds, yield there 2.19%. Gold up 550 the ounce to 12.92, up four tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude up four-tenths of one percent to $48.78 a barrel. J.C. Penney was the bearer of more bad news for department store investors this morning. The company followed Macy's, Kohl's, and Dillard's in reporting declining sales in the second quarter. Shares of J.C. Penney are down now by 19.1% year-to-date. This is a stock that is down 54.1%. Again, recapping, U.S. equities higher, S&P up three, a gain there of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. It is indeed the Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson. Oliver Rennick is with us right now. He's our Bloomberg Stocks reporter, as well as Yelena Shleva, our Bloomberg Economics Senior U.S. Economist. Yelena, CPI, uh, we, we talked about that a little bit the last hour. There's lots going on. Is that your big focus as well? Absolutely. It was the focus of the day, and it will remain the focus in the coming weeks because uh, the Fed uh, and uh, economists and forecasters looking at these numbers, and in fact, CPI uh, surprised consensus to the downside for the fifth consecutive months. That will remain in focus in the coming weeks because uh, it's just uh, inflation is just failing to accelerate. And uh, that's what the Fed was expecting. They were telling us that uh, it might be due to transitory factors. But in fact, it's much broader than transitory and idiosyncratic factors that uh, they were referring to. Um, specifically what was the – because, you know, we, we keep hearing this, well, this one doesn't count. This one – you know, there are a bunch of mulligans with these reports when it comes to the Fed. <laughs> you, you cannot just uh, keep excluding certain components from – uh, the inflation index, right? So, uh, specifically when, uh, Chen- I didn't mean a mulligan in any anti-Irish way. With your thick Irish brogue, I figured <laughs> I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's- that's Irish. I've always uh, wondered. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's Yevo, what I was course. hiding. Um, it's actually O Shaletyeva. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> All right, so, uh, 
actually, if you exclude uh, cell phone contract prices and prescription drugs uh, from CPI, from core CPI, uh, and that's what Chair Yellen was uh, referring to uh, when she spoke uh, about idiosyncratic factors weighing on core CPI inflation. In core CPI excluding these two factors is still decelerating. So you cannot just blame that on those two factors. Uh, it has decelerated by 40 basis points uh, roughly since the beginning of the year. So that is telling us that uh, really the deceleration is uh, a little bit more broad-based. Uh, Oliver, uh, I'll jump the, in on infl- – I got some inflation thoughts. I like that. I'll jump in on that. Uh, my go-to uh, inflation equity markets correspondent is Tom Lee of Fundstrat because this is one of his uh, primary points that he's been looking at. I've talked with him about a lot. I think he's got a pretty solid take on it. Um, he put out a note today saying that the structural factors right now are magnifying a gap between demand and labor supply. I think that his case, um, or rather I know that his case, looking at this here and uh, the, the charts that he's put together, he basically is looking at this through the lens of the effect that this could potentially have on corporate margins, of course, because that's kind of the equity read-through. Um, but moreover, I think what he is expecting is a rise in inflation and a rise in unit labor costs. He sees sort of a, a, a gap that has emerged between the two and some catch-up that has to happen there. Um, I'd be curious to get your thought, Elaine, if, that, if that's something that resonates with you as well. We absolutely uh, see inflation uh, that it will pick up at yeah. some point, right? It's just uh, happening very slowly. And uh, Bloomberg Intelligence Economics, we, we actually believe that it is due to slow economic growth that we have seen in the last, you know, several quarters. Yeah. So inflation is a lagging indicator. So if you see growth like in the vicinity of 2% or even lower, something that we saw over the past several quarters, Naturally, you would get inflation um, decelerate. So if growth picks up, and that's what we expect, you know, you, you actually see some um, pickup in business investment, for example. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is a, like something new that is happening. So you see, you will see economic growth uh, also will pick up, and that eventually will drive inflation higher. It's just a, a, a long lag between the two. And an even longer lag until it starts to really hit the, the, the middle line, as I like to call the margins on companies, because, you know, there are very high margins at this point. Uh, there's a lot of companies that I think have stretched them, and so I think this is going to be an important uh, impact if and when it comes. But I think there's also, it's not so much that we think about inflation, obviously, in relative terms, right? What happened now versus where prices were a year ago or a quarter ago, whatever it may be. Think for the bottom line for companies, there's a certain magnitude of cost that matters. And until you sort of hit that level, then it doesn't have too much of an effect. But at the end of the day, it's an important story because, for example, today, Corey, we were talking about the um, uh, the, the uh, credit ratings on companies and how it's kind of determined where stocks have gone. Any uh, equivalent uh, phenomenon exists if you look at Goldman Sachs balance sheet indexes today. Over the past week here, uh, companies with strong balance sheets actually withstood the selling pretty well, only down about 70 bips on right. the week. Weak balance sheets down 2.5%. So there's a very big dichotomy that's emerged there. That, that in, this, in, a, in a sell-off like this, it's garbage in, garbage out day. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Yeah, well, it's interesting, though. We just got a headline saying that Tesla is actually going to increase the size of the float for its its, uh, its bond offering uh, at 5.25%. 
which is fairly amazing given the, the cash flow burn at that company. <laughs> well, it's the uh, I guess as long as it's uh, the investor's mindset is if it burns slower each time. I don't I don't know. That's a tough one for me to wrap my head around. I know it is for you too, Corey. But at the end of the day, I think people see a guy like Elon Musk and they just sort of count on people continuing to give him money. It's a hard up until now. It's been a hard thing to bet against. But I guess soon the bond market is, is, is uh, inured from the greater fool theory, but perhaps not. In, Maybe in this case. <laughs> in this case. Uh, so what else are you watching in the stock market, uh, Oliver? I'm looking at uh, – so we're basically done with earnings here. Uh, this has been a pretty solid period for companies to demonstrate the strength that has accumulated over the past couple of quarters. Uh, at the end of the day, that's a very important story because right now investors are sort of taking a little bit of a, um, a very – fundamental focus, I think, for the first time in a while. They're trying to sort of look through the Korea stuff. They're trying to look through the political uh, gridlock and base bets on companies that are doing well, quality companies, and not so much companies that uh, potentially could benefit from all the Trump trade type of stuff. Some of that is still built into the market, but um, right now I think it's a matter of weighing valuations against the amount of growth you're going to get. Um, what we saw through earnings season is that investors are getting a little bit more hesitant to pay up unless there is really strong growth. I think the takeaway from earnings season for me was no rewards for companies that beat or barely beat or beat and didn't do it with uh, double beats. So you basically so it's, have an unforgiving just, landscape. So the, the old, the old you know, beat and raise is the only way to get your stock up. That's and pretty even much that is, isn't enough right now. Yep. Um, and, and yet, you know, I, I really am struck by sort of the, the market, uh, um, the, the, how, how much analysts are in bed with the companies. Uh, yeah. and or their bankers, just like it was the good old days. I know that, it's, again, there's supposedly a Chinese wall, but I hear more and more from analysts uh, who tell me off the record uh, that they're uh, being asked to help uh, describe stocks that are going to be out to be offered. And Can I quickly make a tease for a story are, next week, Mr. Yeah, Johnson? I'm looking at that right now, and I'll tell you what, if you run EQS on the Bloomberg and you look at analyst ratings, uh, things are looking perhaps more bullish than they are reflected on the bottom line, but we'll get into that next week with a good story. Can it really? There we go. <laughs> Oliver, they call that the forward promote. <laughs> Oliver Rennick, a forward promote on promote of radio of a print story on the radio. Very impressive from our stock Mixing reporter. Media. And Yelena Shalatyeva, uh, our U.S. Uh, economist. Oh, Shalatyeva, our Irish Bloomberg intelligence senior U.S. economist. This is Bloomberg Radio. Nathan Hager joins us right now with a look at world and national news headlines. Nathan. All right. Thank you, Corey. The bluster keeps building between President Trump and North Korea after Pyongyang warned the president is bringing the peninsula to the brink of nuclear war. Trump tweeted, military options are locked and loaded. Democrats like Congressman Eric Swalwell of California are concerned. Mind you, he's doing this from a golf club in New Jersey. He would be well served to go back to the White House to assemble his team to talk to our allies. We're going to need a lot of allies if we're going to engage in a military conduct with North Korea. The White House says President Trump does plan to make a day trip back here in Washington on Monday after spending part of the weekend at his Trump Tower in Manhattan. President Trump's been pressuring Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to repeal and replace Obamacare. But more Americans are looking for Congress to keep and improve the health care law. Bloomberg's Michael Barr with more on that. A new poll shows that four out of five people want President Donald Trump and congressional Republicans to try making the Obama health care law more effective. The poll by the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation also shows people want Republicans to stop trying to replace it. The survey was conducted after last month's Senate derailment of the GOP drive to erase much of President Barack Obama's health care law. Just three in ten people want Trump and Republicans to continue their drive to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act.
Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. Congress has given final approval to a bill aimed at trimming the growing backlog of veterans' disability claims. The House is on recess, but a handful of lawmakers approved the bill in a session that lasted less than five minutes today. Kevin Kisner atop the leaderboard of the PGA Championship. Full coverage begins at 4.15 Wall Street time here on Bloomberg Radio.